I'd like to speak to you just a few minutes to ask you this question. What child is this? What child is this that we're singing of? There's no more really important question that you can ask yourself and answer than that one. What child is this? zealous religious people? Simply a, a figment of some overzealous religious people? Did they just dream him up and, and make up this really incredible story? A story that could only be true if it was a miracle to be born of a virgin? Is he the product of folklore, much like Santa Claus? Something that some people can accept, some people can reject, without any consequences? If he is any of those things, you can simply ignore this little child. Take or leave Christmas, it's up to you. But if he is who scriptures say he is, and if he is whom all these songs we've sung say he is, then you will do yourself great harm to ignore him. How do you know what child is this? How can you answer that, that question with, with certainty? Well, our plumb line for truth is the scriptures. We turn to the scriptures, the Holy Bible. And this, this, uh, this afternoon and early evening, we've read through the account of Luke, in Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2, telling us the story of this child's um, conception, the prophecies before the conception, his, his birth and the coming of the angels and the shepherds. But I, I, I want you to contemplate what you have heard. Scriptures want us to be doers of the word, not just those who listen. So listen and respond to what you have heard. And I just want to point out some things you've already heard. I want to point out the witnesses you've already heard. Scripture says that on the basis of two or three witnesses, facts are confirmed. And we have way more witnesses to who Christ is than just two or three. We'll look at just a few of those now. First, I want you to hear the testimony of the angel Gabriel. Right? Sometimes we focus so much on, on Jesus, and rightly so, we forget about the messenger Gabriel, the angel Gabriel. And yes, there really are angels in our particular culture that's so scientific and everything else that goes on around us. The, the, there's much with the angelic realm that just goes, is just quiet. And that's the way God God wants it. But there really are angels. They really did appear. And one of those that is named in Scripture, his name is Gabriel. You heard what he, what he told uh, Zechariah to start with. Gabriel prophesied that Zechariah would have a son. That son would not be the Messiah, but that son would go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. That's from Luke chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. He would go before the Lord. Notice what he said. He, that John, that, his, that son would go before whom? The Lord. Right? And in Scripture, when it's used to speak of, of this child, Lord isn't simply saying he's master. It's pointing to something much more significant, and that's God himself. He would go before the one who would be 
a man and yet also be God. That's Gabriel's testimony, a, a message given to him to deliver to Zechariah, and God himself gave Gabriel that message. Gabriel testified that these words, and I quote him, will be fulfilled in their proper time. In the proper time, these things will be fulfilled. And just think about what the Gospel of John says in chapter 1, verses 6 and 8. There was a man having been sent from God whose name was John. That's the babe that was prophesied by Gabriel to Zechariah. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light so that all might believe through him. It's important that we note that John himself was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. He came in that role as the, as the forerunner to the Messiah. So based on the testimony of the angel of Gabriel to Zechariah, you must conclude that the child is the Lord. But now I want you to hear the testimony of that same angel Gabriel as he came to Mary. Now, Gabriel tells Mary that, that though she was a virgin, she will have a son and she will name him Jesus. That's a fabulous story or a made-up one unless God did the miracle. And he did. But that's the very thing that the world questions. The, the world wants to castigate Mary as to someone who was unfaithful to her husband, who was unfaithful to her premarital vows. But the scriptures uphold Mary, son that would become Messiah, chosen by God to bear the son that would become Messiah. The, the, you could say the son of God. What a privilege that was. That's what Gabriel told him. And, and we know that it, from Matthew, that the significance of the name of Jesus is that the name Jesus means he shall save his people from their sins. So Gabriel's bearing testimony to the fact that this child would not be a product of the union of Joseph and Mary, but would be conceived of the Holy Spirit, would be a child of God, and would be the Savior of the world. Gabriel tells Mary that the child would be great, would be called the Son of the Most High, that he will be given the throne of his father David. Listen to that. He, he'll be given the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Notice Gabriel's using a future tense there to talk about something that's going to happen in the future. The Son of God, though born a man in, in point in time, was always the Son of God. Okay? He always is ruling with Father Okay, so this is speaking about something different, something to think about. That's Gabriel is saying he will reign over the house of Jacob. That's pointing to Israel as a nation. Okay, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. He is the holy child, and he should be called the son of God. All these things are things that we must, we must, we must listen and heed what Gabriel says. Because I tell you, if you do not, Gabriel will come and, and testify at your trial when you stand before God. And he will testify, did I not tell you that he was the Holy Child? Think about what Galatians 4 says, Galatians 4, 4 and 5. Again, this is from the Apostle Paul. 
echoes what Gabriel was telling us. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So based on the testimony of Gabriel as he spoke to Mary, we must conclude that the child is the son of God, the one who is going to fulfill all the prophecies about the the child of David or, or David having someone, one of his sons to rule on his throne forever and ever. That child is the one born to Mary. Let's look at the, a third testimony. And this is the testimony of Elizabeth, a relative of Mary. When Mary greets Elizabeth, the baby within Elizabeth leaped. And if that's all we had, you could say, well, that's a strange coincidence. But that's not all we have. The Holy Spirit provides commentary, but he does so through the voice of Elizabeth. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she she calls out to Mary, blessed are you. Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. For when the sound of your voice hit my ears, the child within me leaped for what? For joy. How does a mother know that her child leaped for joy? Well, naturally she wouldn't. But this comes from the Holy Spirit. Remember, John was filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb, a special case. And Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit to speak these words of prophecy. The child, she says Mary's child is, is blessed. Right? And she commends Mary for believing everything that was told her from the Lord. Notice how she, she looks past the messenger, Gabriel, and she sees that all of that Gabriel said was ultimately coming from the Lord. And so Elizabeth confirms everything that was told to Mary. Everything. And she confirms that that child was born right, as the Son of God. Elizabeth is an example of what the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12.3, that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Of course, you can say the words, but what Paul is saying is no one can really say those words with meaning unless the Holy Spirit is working in their lives. And, and Elizabeth is an example of that. So based on the testimony of Elizabeth, you must conclude that the child born to Mary is the Lord. And you could even add the testimony of the unborn John the Baptist, giving testimony of the child within Mary, yet only three months developed. Right? That child being, um, being born. Right? Actually, six months. But the point is that that unborn child is giving testimony to the child yet within Mary. One more witness. And that's the testimony of Mary herself. When Mary heard all that, that uh, Elizabeth declared to her, she broke out in praise to God. Why did she do that? She did that because all that she had been told her concerning the child was was confirmed within her. She magnified the Lord. She knew scripture. You can see that if you read through her, what's called her magnificent, her declarations of praise. She's referring to scripture throughout that. It's a woman filled with scripture. She knew her scriptures. 
and she magnified the Lord. The praises sent heavenward, and yet also, think about this, her praises sent heavenward, but because she believed everything that the scriptures said and everything that was told her by Gabriel and by Elizabeth, she knew that that child within her was God. She was not only sending her praises heavenward, but she was also sending them to the person within her womb. That's a profound truth. And she rejoiced. One of the first things she says is, I rejoice in God, my Savior. Notice that. Even Mary, though things are taught contrary to this, even Mary needed a Savior. And she knew that ultimately God was her Savior. That's a quotation from the Old Testament. And and yet, she is recognizing that that Savior lies within her when she is declaring this. Mary's testimony was just a small foretaste of what the redeemed uh, Israel will and the church will, de- will declare in the millennium. I just want to give you a little foretaste of that, but we have to go to the Old Testament to do that. Isaiah chapter 12, I read verses 1 to 6. Then you will say in that day, this is prophecy speaking to Israel, I will give thanks to you, O Yahweh, for although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not dread, for Yah, Yahweh himself is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Therefore you will joyously draw water from springs of salvation, and in that day you will say, Give thanks to Yahweh, call on his name, make known his deeds upon, among the peoples, make them remember that his name is exalted. Praise Yahweh in song, for he has done majestic things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry aloud and shout for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. So based on the testimony of Elizabeth, you must conclude that the child born to Mary is the Lord, God himself. What an amazing, amazing testimony. Just think about that. Think about the testimonies. And this is only a few of them in Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. I mean, these people give testimony through the scriptures. You will be held accountable for that. And if, you, if you're a follower in Christ, then these things cause you to give joy and praise to God. The Messiah has, was long foretold. And was uh, that prophecy? Those prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus, the Messiah. So, how should you respond to these things? Well, first of all, recognize that God is your Creator, and that He has the the right uh, to demand that you live according to His principles, according to His design, His pattern. He is God. He's your Creator. Secondly. Confess to yourself and ultimately to God that you have broken that pattern. There's not any of us in this room tonight who hasn't broken that pattern. Right? None are righteous. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all broken his laws and his commandments. Thirdly, confess that if, jo- that if God judged you today, if God judged you today and, and you don't trust in Jesus Christ, then you're going to be condemned. 
And if he if he judged you solely based on what you did in life, the things you said, the th- things you think about, the things you did in private, no one knows about. God knows all that. If he judged you by those, you would be condemned. And so would I. We fall short of God's glory. Well, fourthly, understand that God so loved the world that he sent his only beloved son into this world in order to live a perfect life that you and I could not live, die the death that you and I deserve because of our sins, be buried in the grave, for three days later be raised in newness of life, number one, to show that the penalty for sins is completely paid for, number two, to show that Jesus has power over the grave and has authority to grant whomever comes to him eternal life. What do you do with all these? These are just facts. You come to this. I plead with you, you haven't already done so, to repent of your sins. That means turn away from your sins. That means go 180 degrees away from the way that you're living. Turn away from your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. When I say believe, we're talking about trust. Not just intellectual knowledge. We're talking about trusting in Him. What does that mean? That means that if, if today is the last day of your life and you die okay, today, that you go and you meet the Lord and he asks you a question, why should I let you into my heaven? Your only response is, I have nothing of my own. I plead the mercies of Christ, my Lord. That's the only acceptable answer. Repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're trusting in Him alone. Nothing that you've done. Nothing that you've thought of. Or you can't say, well, I haven't done those things, Lord. Recognize that none of us are going to be able to look at our lives and make any kind of claim on heaven. Again, I could step back and say, how do you know these things are actually true? Well, God has given us His Word. His word, the scriptures. And he has given us an accurate and trustworthy account. And someone might say, well, that's just that's just the word of man. It's an ancient word. It's full of lots of mistakes, isn't it? Well, actually, it's not full of a lot of mistakes. If you take time to read and study, actually read it. Most people who say that don't actually ever read the Bible. So please read it before you make that kind of criticism. But let me just read to you the introduction to Luke's gospel. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word handed them down to us, it seemed fitting to me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in orderly sequence, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certain with you may know the certainty about the things you have been taught. Notice that. He investigated it carefully. It's written down and he's teaching it so that we could know with certainty. Our our God is a God of certainty. He doesn't create everything and just step back and say, well, you you come find me. I'm going to hide. He has made himself known. And he's made himself known in the person of Jesus Christ. But don't allow these, these witnesses that you have heard the witnesses of the angel Gabriel, of Zechariah, of Elizabeth and Mary, the witnesses of these hymns that we're singing, of written by Christians 
many years ago, most of them. Don't let that go in one ear and out the other. Right? Use these things to help you answer, what child is this? What child is this? Trust in him today and you will meet him as your Lord, either when he returns from heaven or when you go to be with him on the day of your death, which will be the day of entrance into glory. Let me pray. Our Lord, we want to glorify you and praise you and just thank you for being our Savior, for coming, humbling yourself to the point of becoming a little baby, becoming Emmanuel, God with us, and then suffering on the, on the cross, a death that we deserve, and then being raised in newness of life to offer eternal life to whoever calls upon your name. Lord, do your work even amongst us today, calling people to know you and just causing us, those that do know you, Lord, just to raise to rise to greater heights of praise uh, of you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the pulpit ministry of Medina Bible Church in Medina, Ohio. You can find church information, a complete sermon library, and other helpful materials at medinabible.org. This message is copyrighted by Medina Bible Church. All rights reserved.